I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. You can tell that ref got a fresh haircut today. I mean, that's right out the chair, man. Look at that. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks and Oklahoma City Thunder. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network, host of Locked On Mavericks, and joining me, and I'm joining him in a weird way, a crossover episode, it's your boy Ryland Stiles, host of Locked On Thunder. Ryland, what you got for me? I have got more defenders to double-team Shea with, and he'll still break out of it, and he'll still drop third. They gave it a real college try there at the end. This game, I'm not going to lie. We're breaking down the Mavericks. Uh, 108-116 to loss to the Thunder. Or if you're listening on Locked on Thunder, we're breaking down the, the Thunder 116-108 to win over the Mavericks, depending on which feed. But... I was not paying attention for a lot of this game. I'm not going to lie. The, the fatigue's starting to, t- starting to set in already. And, like, Luka's out. KP's out. I'm like, this game doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden, they start coming back. And the Mavericks do the opposite of clutch game stat padding. They've been doing this recently where they're winning a game by, like, 10 or 15. And then they'll just let it go to five in the last five minutes or so. Make it count as a clutch game and then win that game. And then it counts as a win in their clutch record. They did the opposite of that in this game. And they end up losing, uh, yeah, without Luka and KP. And on today's show, we're going to break down the game. And then we're just going to talk about trade stuff. Al Horford's a candidate. George Hill's a candidate. And I guess Porzingis is a candidate. Uh, Before we get into that. Poku getting his first start. We have to talk about that. I mean, especially since we're doing a crossover. First start, first free throw attempts. He got six of them in this game after playing like 200 minutes without one. He gets six of them, plus the crucial block at the end, eight rebounds. I mean, Poku was awesome. I'm back in on Poku. You're back. You're you're out at, at one point. You're out on Poku. I was heavily out pre-draft, and then I got back in in the bubble, and now we're fully back. Break my heart, Poku. <laughs> this is the home run swing. Uh, so he hit two of his six threes. I-, I made a joke in the middle of the the game that he looks like he has Draymond Green's backpack on when he's taking these shots. Like he has that thing where he just he'll, he'll lean back with his back and he'll throw his legs forward, and it looks like he's wearing a backpack. But the other thing that stuck out to me about Poku is that he doesn't look like he's like seven two or or anything like that. He looks like he's under seven feet tall. He doesn't look like that big out there, and it's not just because he's like small and like frame wise, but he doesn't look as tall as like Porzingis or some of these other guys. I thought we got height gate out of the NBA a long time ago. I thought they had a rule now where you can't lie about it anymore. I guess you'd still well, remember. It. Remember, it was the JJ Barea thing where JJ Barea was like six foot or six one on every single media sheet and every single roster. And then a couple years ago, they changed the rule, had to remeasure JJ Barea, and he came in at like five ten or whatever like that. <laughs> the JJ Barea clause. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> accusing anyone of funny business, but. Maybe he's just slouching a lot on TV. Who knows? But Poku is still big. And, you know, you still remember, this is his first time playing above YMCA-level competition. He's going to struggle this year, but today was a really good flash for him in 30 minutes. And this game really embodies just the frustrations that Thunder fans are dealing with this entire season. Yeah, let's talk about the Thunder a little bit. We'll get into Luka. We'll get into Borzingis. They sat. We'll talk about the whole, you know, load management and all that. We'll, we'll, we'll break into that because there's – there's many sides to that. There's an extremely frustrating side to it. And then there's a, a side where you're like, 
okay, I guess I kind of get it, but I'm not going to be happy with it, right? Like, I feel like there's only two sides of that. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But this Thunder team, so are they good or bad, right? Like, can we just have, I brought, I'm sure you have this conversation all the time on Locked on Thunder. I've heard you have it. Uh, but this team going into the season, everyone counted as the worst team in the West by far. Uh, the Wolves have taken that, and the, the Rockets have definitely taken that away from them. And they're just this team that goes out, and man, they try hard, and they have just guys like Shea Gilders Alexander, so good. Uh, he had some finishes in this game that he just should not have had, and the way that he just uses his length around the rim and around the basket is so good. I was, I'm so envious. Uh, he had 32 points in this game, 11 of 22 from the field, missed four of his five threes, but nine of nine from the free throw line, six assists in this one, plus 11, the only Thunder player that was a positive in the plus minus in, in double digits. And he's great. <laughs> Dort bringing stuff all the time. The thing, the other thing about Poku in this game, which I think is probably a good indicator for the rest of this Thunder team, is that Poku had a bunch of mistakes. And then he had a really crucial three that basically iced it at the end in the corner. And he had a really crucial block at the end of the game too. Like, like the, these Thunder players, they feel believed in at least. And, and it's a, it's a kind of a difference between what we're seeing with the Dallas Mavericks at least. I mean, the rookies don't get any belief at all, right? And, and uh, Josh Green in this one played two minutes. Tyler Bay didn't get any play. Tyrell Terry is not with the team. Nate Hinton's not with the team, uh, so they didn't. They weren't going to get any play. But like no one else gets really any run except for the regulars, and it's a stark difference between what the Thunder are doing, and what the Mavs are doing. Yeah, I mean Mark has done a great job as head coach. I've already given him the title of the top and the best ever Thunder coach of all time. Now it's only four guys, and one was Peter Carlissimo, so really only three guys. <laughs> but still, oh, he's I better than he's the been... guy that played Kevin Durant at at shooting guard. <laughs> Yeah also, yeah, also better than the guy that didn't want to put Russell Westbrook at, at point guard and better than the guy who couldn't <laughs> stop playing Steven Adams against the Rockets who had no center. He's better than all the other ones before him. And in this game, you saw him address the rotation to where he's not playing Justin Jackson. He's not going to play Darius Miller. He's not even going to play Mike Muscala. And Muscala has been off the charts this year and shooting it incredibly well. And still, he's going to focus on developing young players. And that's where you get Poku with 29 minutes and you get... Roby with 19 minutes and Moses Brown on a two-way contract with 19 minutes instead of playing and kind of ramming your head against the wall with Mike Muscala and kind of these veterans uh, outside the ones you have to play like Al Horford. He's shown a constant belief in every single player. Darius Baisley is another one that did not play tonight because of an injury, but he's struggled throughout the entire first half and finally got some momentum heading into the All-Star break last week. And he's just been someone that Mark has reassured and reassured and reassured to where he can play with that confidence. And Mark's done a great job of keeping everyone in check and keeping everyone motivated. And you've seen Lou Dort go from a 40% three-point shooter sputtering in February, and then now he's leveled out at like a 33% three-point shooter. They've all ridden the roller coaster together. But the frustrating part for this team is that you don't know if they're good or bad right now. I mean, all the numbers say that they're not very good. Their record is not very good. And they get bailed out in games like this because, and this is going to sound worse than it is, but because the NBA changed their rules. That's not to say that, you know, the NBA's, purposefully trying to hurt the Thunder, but the the Thunder do get hurt by the, the load management rule where you can all of a sudden now it's okay and encouraged to load manage as long as you're not playing on national TV. Well, when you don't give the Thunder national TV games, it's easy for everyone to sit through their stars against the Thunder. And so, of course, a young scrappy team that gives 100% effort is going to win some of these games and have the ball bounce their way. It's what I've been saying since the preseason on Locked on Thunder. If you're going to play as hard as this team does and play as competent as this team does, 
the ball can bounce your way sometimes. And we've seen it bounce their way uh, more often than not in games like this, whenever you don't play Luca, you don't play KP. And it's really going to be franchise altering because you're either going to finish in the middle and not get a top five pick and not make the playoffs, or you're going to bottom out and get a top five pick and get one of those marvelous guys at the top or make the playoffs. And that would take Shea becoming this superstar and it'll take Tail Maldon developing even more in his first year and all that other stuff. So really they want to avoid the middle, but how can you do that? If, if you're going to keep seeing these games where you're not getting tested, you're not going to be able to show if you are good or are bad, who knows? There's only seven teams with a better record in clutch games than the thunder this year. Do you know who they are? I do Six. not know who they are. Sixers number one, 15 and five. Blazers number two, 14 and five. The Hornets are 12 and five. That's wild to me. The Nets, 14 and seven. Lakers, 12 and six. The Cavs, which I sure is like all at the beginning of the season, <laughs> nine and five in clutch games. The Kings, 13 and nine. And then the Thunder, 11 and eight. That stat, like if you just look at those teams and you just put up, I, I might do this on Twitter. What do these teams have in common? The Sixers, Blazers, Hornets, Nets, Lakers, Cavs, Kings, and Thunder. What do Russia these teams have in common? What do these teams have in common? The only like the only thing that you could probably say is they have the best clutch record in the NBA. But yeah, I mean they're, they're coming up big in these games and guys like like Poku. This is his first game. This is for or his first start. This is his first start. He shouldn't have come out and played, you know, that well and. Uh, Man, uh, it's it's so it's very interesting on the on the Thunder end of it. Um, as far as like big picture stuff, small picture stuff, this is great for this team, right? Like if you're just looking day to day, this team is they're getting wins, they're keeping their winning culture from after when Chris Paul left, and they're like they have they have guys that you can build around. Shea Gilgeous Alexander, absolutely a guy you can build around. Lou Dort is maybe not like a like a blue chip piece, but he's definitely a piece that you can build around. And a guy, Pokushevsky, maybe Darius Baisley, maybe uh, some of these other guys, I mean, Teo Maladon probably at this point is a guy that you can build around in that sense. And they're going to have a pick and there's always a chance that it can move up. And I don't think that they're going to be good enough to where they're maybe they're at the end of the play in or, you know, they're like the 10 seed or whatever, but they're still going to get a first round pick and they have a, you guys have a bunch of picks coming up that they can, you know, make make trades with and hopefully move up in the draft. So, I don't know. It's it's the it's a really weird balance, but coming up, we'll talk a little bit about the Dallas Mavericks. We'll get into Luka and Porzingis sitting. What does it mean? Should a team sit players and do load management when it's not 100% necessary, especially when they're fighting for a playoff spot and still in the play in? We'll talk about that. Coming up, but before we do, betonline.ag is the one place that we trust to put down some money, especially if you believe in the Thunder and if you think that this team can continue to win the way that they have, and especially win in clutch games. But they have a whole bunch of stuff on college basketball right now. You can go check out some of the lines on that. You can go check out some of their futures. Just look around their site. They have a lot of stuff. Right now, I'm seeing basketball games for the NBA, NCAA, Australia, China, Europe, France, Poland, and South Korea. Poland. I did not know that Poland was was super. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to try to read these names right now, these Polish basketball teams. You ready for this? This is going to be an absolute fail on my part. Let's do it. Dabarawa Gornizka uh, is a 7.5-point underdog to Treffel Sopot in the Poland Energa Basket Liga. So if you if you really think that Trefla is should be a seven and a half point favorite over Dabaroa, 
Go and put some money down on betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. Get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Go check out betonline.ag. We're covering everything you need to know about the Dallas Mavericks and the Oklahoma City Thunder, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Lockdown Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Lockdown Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports you need in under 20 minutes. Follow Lockdown Today wherever you get your podcast. All right, Ryland, let's get into the Dallas Mavericks. So they go into this game, and they sit Porzingis, second out of a back-to-back. Kind of understand that, right? He had some back stuff before the All-Star break, and, you know, afterwards, now we're still, he had a meniscus surgery a while ago. We're still kind of dealing. He obviously has injury history. I don't think anyone's complaining about poor Zingas sitting the second night of a back-to-back. The problem the is, I said that he would. The problem is Luka Doncic sits and Luka Doncic sits for what they're calling, uh, what, the, what they said was they, they knew that he was going to sit before, like in, the week before the All-Star break. This was like in the plans that they were going to do this. And that has fans upset. And I completely understand why fans are upset. Officially, it's a right ankle, right ankle injury recovery. So like literally load management, right? Like he has a right ankle situation. They want to load manage him. And so they sit him out this game. Now, the reason they picked this game, I think it has fans, Mavs fans upset because Mavs fans look at this game and say, well, they beat them without Luka before the All-Star break. They should be able to handle them. And a lot of Mavs fans saying this is a gimme <laughs> with you know, with Luka that they should just be able to win. And they need a win like this. They, they need as many wins as they can get, especially considering how rough their stretch was in January. And so they sit him. And that did not sit well with a lot of Mavs fans. They are upset. And I, I think I understand the, the Mavs side of this. The Mavs side of this is there's there's one of two things. One is Luca could have something wrong with his ankle. Maybe that's why he took it so easy in the skills challenge. Maybe that's why he kind of just chilled in the All-Star game. He played the most minutes in the West or in the in of Team LeBron, but he didn't really do a lot, right? Like we don't remember a lot of what Luca did. And so maybe he was dealing with an ankle thing. Uh, maybe it wasn't that serious. He could still go out there and play, and Luca loves to have fun, so he went out in the All-Star game. But come back and Maybe he, they want him to take it easy. Maybe Casey Smith looked at it and said, well, he has to sit one of these back-to-backs coming up. The Mavericks have a bunch of back-to-backs coming up. And so they're like, all right, he has to sit one of these. And then the Mavericks decided, well, let's just sit him Oklahoma instead of sitting him for some of these other back-to-backs if we look at coming up. Uh, Indiana and at New Orleans is a back-to-back coming up. You have uh, New York and at Washington is a back-to-back coming up. At the beginning of April, like there's just a, there's a couple, and this is just a really tough stretch at the end of the season. Like there's a lot of games, and so instead of putting him at higher risk, second night of a back to back, they're traveling too. It's not far, it's, you know, it's right up the road to OKC, but still traveling. And instead of putting Luca at more risk to miss maybe two weeks down the line when he aggravates that injury, they sit him this game and limit that risk. I kind of understand that, and if that's the case then it doesn't matter where they are in the standings, what wins they need, because they just want to limit the risk of Luka getting hurt. And now some people say, well, what about, you know, then they should just sit him every game. Okay, now you're talking about ROI, return on investment, right? At some point, you need to win games. So how many games can they get him to sit while still being beneficial to the team and still helping them win while also limiting the risk of injury, right? This is what this is what they pay Casey Smith and Donnie Nelson and Rick Carlisle to make decisions to do. And this is what they decided to do. Now, as I'm not going to let you answer. I'm just going to keep I'm just going to keep talking forever. <laughs> now, what the 
Now, the other side of it is, this is incredibly frustrating because they could have won this game and they should have won this game. If Luka was in this game, absolute win. The first game that they played, I even said in my preview that they're, the, the Thunder just let would let anybody to the rim from the Mavs. And, and Luka is incredibly good at getting to the rim. And so they should have won this game. They could have had this game. And could they have maybe limited his minutes in the game? Could that have helped? Possibly. Uh, that wouldn't completely load manage him for this game. But... It's incredibly frustrating as a fan and as somebody who understands, man, the Mavericks missed like the sixth seed, like not by a lot last year. And they, they could have had some of these games. So you look at it and you're like, ah, oh, that's so frustrating. But if it limits his risk of long-term injury, of injury down the road in this really, really packed schedule coming up where they're traveling and traveling a bunch, actually. They have two games at Portland, at Minnesota, at New Orleans, at Oklahoma City, at Boston, at New York, at Washington. Like, they have a lot of travel coming up. If they want him ready for that trip and to be ready to play this real tough stretch, these are their next games. Denver, at Denver. So, no, at Denver, home for a, home for the Clippers, home for the Clippers, at the Blazers, at the Blazers, at Minnesota. Like, that's a long stretch with a couple of good teams in there. And if they want him ready for that stretch specifically to see what this team is all about, then I'm okay giving up a game like this to Oklahoma City. And I think that you have to look at it, too, for Dallas. Like, obviously, you cannot load manage a guy first game back from the All-Star break. So he was going to play against the Spurs. And if you were going to need to find a way to get him rest... The Thunder are the best team to do it for. I mean, in this game, the Thunder could have lost three different times. If if the Mavs complete their comeback and give that one final push, they could have lost still. And for the Thunder, stop me whenever you hear a reliable, consistent player on this roster. Lou Dort. He has games where he's one for five. Poku. Until now, he's never been even as good as he was tonight. <laughs> Al Horford has had one for eight games in, in this season. Tail Maldon's an, a 19-year-old rookie. SGA. If you triple team like you did tonight, it still doesn't work. So it doesn't really matter for SGA. He's a reliable player. He's going to pour in 25 points. So he's, he's one. He, he's one. Ty Jerome, Moses Brown, Isaiah Roby, and Kendrick Williams. That was the lineup for the Thunder. That was the whole entire rotation. That's the only guys that played. It could have very easily been a game like the last time these two teams play, played where only SGA plays well and the Thunder look really bad. And sure, Dallas didn't show well either, but they eventually came out with the win. It could have looked exactly like that with just a few things going differently. And it just so happened that Poku gets an amazing block and he goes to the line four times and he scores 14 points. And you get old school Al Horford as a, as a mid-range legend and he scores 21 points. And then SGA is SGA. So, you know, you got a, a bad break there for Dallas. But if you're going to do it as, as, a, as calculated as possible, what other team gives you that, that opportunity for Dallas of, okay, there could be a chance here. We head to this game on the road and only one guy plays well. That could have legitimately happened today. So I'm going to take that chance if I need to rest Luka for sure. It's I'm going to pick Oklahoma City. As sad as that is for Thunder fans, I'm going to pick Oklahoma City because they only have one guy that can beat you routinely every single night, and it's a 22-year-old. The other part of this is San Antonio's in the division, and that could matter coming up. You know That could, that could matter when uh, they need tiebreakers and all that kind of stuff coming up, and that could matter a little bit more than a win against the Thunder. Now, would the win against the Thunder have been nice? Yeah, they almost got it anyway. Right? Like this team almost got it anyway. They they did not play well. And so if this team had won this game, if the Mavericks had won, then we're not even talking about this at all. Uh, now, it is frustrating for any Thunder fans that were in the building. Now, they, what, wasn't it? Well, they missed, Thunder fans missed Luka twice. <laughs> missed watching on TV, yes. Oh, there were no Thunder fans in the building? Thund the Thunder have announced that there's going to be no fans the entire season. So oh, Okay, okay, no. okay. 
I just saw that but Oklahoma I was, was going to go up to this game, and then, of course, Luca didn't yeah, play, right. and KP didn't play, so I'm glad I didn't make the trip up there. But I just saw that Oklahoma was opening up everything, and so I was like, oh, I just assumed. Uh, Sadly, yeah. uh, the organization's a little bit more smart than the uh, local government, but some. <laughs> hey, I live in Florida. I understand that. <laughs> I understand that. Also, I mean, in in Dallas, dude, it's the same thing, right? The Mavericks aren't allowing full capacity. Uh, the Texas Rangers are. <laughs> For one and day only, whole, though. A very special, jam-packed event opening day. One super spreader event for the Texas Rangers. So, all right, coming up, let's get into some trade talk. We'll have some fun with it, and uh, we'll get into some Al Horford potentials. We'll get into some uh, some other stuff. We'll, we'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, Built Bar is having a... Interesting, interesting bracket challenge right now. Uh, Built Bar is a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. It's the best protein bar that we have ever had. And right now, they are having a bracket challenge. You can go vote at BuiltBar.com. You can vote for your favorite flavors. Which one will win? Today's matchup, at least as I'm seeing it, Caramel Brownie versus Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake versus Carrot Cake with Walnuts. I'm a Cherry Barcia guy. I love the Cherry Barcia bar. That one I've reordered a couple times. I really like that one. The lemon almond cheesecake one is okay. I like the little hint of lemon. Uh, carrot cake, not a fan. Not at all. I, that's the only one that I, I don't personally like, but it still tastes good. It's good enough, but it, it's not my favorite in the tournament style. Again, I'm, for, for Lockdown Thunder listeners, you know that I am pushing hard for cookies and cream to go all the way. But in this Ooh. matchup, in this matchup, Cherry Barcia can win it. Cookies and cream is going up against what are they up against next? Oh, churro puff that I'm I'm not 100% sure is a real bar. I've never seen one. So just because I haven't seen one doesn't mean that it's not real, but uh it up against that. The one I mean mine is coconut brownie chunk. That one is going up against the winner of lemon almond cheesecake and carrot cake with walnuts. Uh and that one's just going to destroy that one. And it looks like it's going to destroy that side of the bracket and I think that one's going to win, but we'll see. Now, I, I've thought way too hard about this ever since the bracket came out. <laughs> I agree with you in terms of taste. Absolute best one they've ever sent us ever, period. It's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. In fact, it's truly, and I mean this sincerely, better than the candy bar. I'd rather have that than the candy bar. It's great. Now, the thing is, it's relatively new. How many people have gotten their hands on it yet, though? So these voters may not know what it is, and so they'll rather go with what they know if they've tasted before and move them on in, in the tournament. So we just got to see who's all, who's all gotten their hands on the, on the new bar. Your logic breaks down because Churro Puff beat Apple Almond Crisp. We've all had an Apple Almond Crisp, right? That was sent to us, I think, in our box. I don't know if anyone on the Locked Up Podcast Network has added Churro Puff bar. I know I have it. <laughs> I'm, as much as it sounds amazing. I know. It sounds good. I would love to have one built bar. Anyway, go to Built Bar. Use the promo code LOCKEDON20. Get 20% off your next order. And uh, go vote. BuiltBar.com. This year, the Lockdown Podcast Network will be live on Selection Sunday. That's March 14th. That's this Sunday, if you're listening to this on Friday. Reacting to who's in and who's out of the NCAA tournament, Big Ten Ben, our boy Big Ten Ben, and Josh Neighbors host Selection Sunday live with local experts from around the Lockdown College Network of Podcasts. Follow Lockdown Live on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook today and watch our live Selection Sunday special on March 14th. All right. Let's talk a little bit of trade. So, Al Horford, the Mavericks have kind of, they've poked around Al Horford a little bit. And Mavs fans talked about Al Horford. And he seems like a guy, at least Isaac and I were all on board with him last year, as a guy that would really make sense for the Mavericks. You can play him next to Porzingis. He's a veteran guy. He can help. He can pass. He can shoot. He can do some, he can play a little defense. He can do some of the things that, that Mavericks, that the Mavericks want their bigs to do. How available is he? What would it take to get an Al Horford type? 
Oh, he's extremely available. I think that availability <laughs> sake, everyone's available. I think that the Thunder fans, yes, the Thunder are making a little bit of a run or headway here and there. But you have to remember, even last year, whenever this team was one of the best teams in basketball since Thanksgiving last year, they still traded Gallinari. They literally traded him and Miami let it fall through because they could not agree to an extension. So all these guys are still available, no matter what the win-loss record is at the deadline. The, the problem with Dallas is that they can't trade back James Johnson to Oklahoma City. So that wipes out a possible $15 million to match salary because James Johnson was on the Thunder this offseason. So oh, wow. how are you going to make the money up without trading KP? And if you know, you're trading KP for just Al Horford and even George Hale thrown, thrown in there, it's not really enough for KP, even with the season he's had so far. Could you do Horford, Dort, and like a couple future seconds? Do not touch Dort at all. Dort is unavailable. <laughs> Him and SGA even are to, off, off limits. Even for the pipe dream of having Porzingis next to Pokashevsky, like just hanging out together, just 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 to have photos of him and to see them hanging out, I, I would do that deal. Now, I think that that'd be a really good sitcom. I think that'd be the next the next Bobby and Toby, which, by the way, I wish that we would have seen just Bobon and Moses Brown play one-on-one all day. That would have been more interesting <laughs> the game that we watched, but... I think that that'd be a lot of fun. Other than that, I'm not really sure to give up uh, Lou Dort, especially for KP, who's had injury history and this season is a bit of an outlier, but still not very good this season. All in all, I'd rather have Lou Dort on that contract, which is an absolute steal in the NBA. So the deal with Al Horford for the Mavericks is he's making $27.5 million this year, $27 million a year after that. And then the year after that, he's a non-guaranteed. I think some of that's partially guaranteed. So he, he costs a lot next year, and the Mavericks kind of only have max cap space this year, th- like this summer or this offseason, and then Luka's going to get his max deal soon, and then they're just not going to have like ma- like cap space to do. They're not going to have a lot of flexibility to do stuff with. So you kind of have to make this offseason count for sure. And so I don't think a move for Al Horford, unless you could somehow offset all that money, makes any sense for the Mavericks. Uh, if I did, it would have to include James Johnson, but like you just said, you, you can't do that. So I don't think there's a deal in there for Al Horford. Uh, George Hill is kind of an interesting player that would be available. He is $9.5 million this year, $10 million non-guaranteed next year. He's available, right? Like He's not just like hurting out for the season. He's just out for a little bit. Yeah, he's out in a cast right now. He had like a minor thumb surgery type thing. If If the injury happened on his index finger or another finger, he would have been playing through it this entire time, but the thumb makes it really hard to grip the ball and things like that. But but he's really just kind of waiting to get back into the flow of things. He's still in a cast right now, but it's no big deal moving forward. He'll for sure be back before the playoffs, and you know what you're going to get from him. In fact, I, I love him in Dallas. I've been saying this since the season started, that I really want to see him in Dallas or Philadelphia, a place like that where he can thrive. I think that he would work out perfectly with Dallas. You could, I mean, the Dwight Powell contract is probably like out. So, like, as a Thunder, like, take off your Mavs fan glasses and think about it as a Thunder. What do you think of Dwight Powell? Like, that is that a terrible, awful contract to you? Because to me, it seems like it would be for other teams. Yeah, I think for the Thunder, though, your books are wide open. If you, especially once you move on from Al Horford, you're going to be scrapping to find the salary floor. So, $11 million over three years for Dwight Powell. Not that big of a deal, especially with a team that really lacks size and really lacks a big man. Sure, uh, I'll take on Dwight Powell. I mean, he's pretty serviceable. I think he'd be really good with SGA in the pick and roll. And so, again, the Thunder in a random position or, or a unique position for a young team that can afford this and already has a ton of assets to take on all these bad deals. Just keep giving them bad contracts after bad contracts. If you'll attach a little something to them, even just a second-round sweetener, 
because of how wide open their salary cap is and, and how wide open their, their future salary cap sheets are. What about Trey Burke, Dwight Powell for George Hill, Darius Miller? Do you have to throw a pick in for that one? No, I, I think that that's perfectly good. I think that my expectation for George Hill is getting a, a second or two seconds. And I've mentioned Darius Miller before about how his $7 million is going to be so important because he's a guy that can shoot off the bench and that $7 million helps you match salaries. I would like that trade, especially if you can get like a second round pick included in there. But even just going up there with Dwight Powell and getting that kind of, again, I think Dwight Powell in the, in the Thunder system can, can be a valuable contributor. So I would like that personally. How many former Mavericks would they have? Justin Jackson, Isaiah Roby, Dwight Powell, like all the all the players that Mav, Trey Burke, all the players that Mavs fans have been frustrated with <laughs> at one yeah, point just, or another. And, and then they're going to turn into really good players, and, and the and the oh, Mavericks okay. are going to be Mavs fans are going to be really bad. <laughs> I mean, Isaiah Roby, Isaiah Roby's yeah. incredible, MIP for me. Uh, you could throw Justin Jackson there instead of Darius Miller if you wanted to do that too. Just send Justin Jackson back to Dallas. I think Mavs fans would burn this podcast down if we entertain that at all. <laughs> I'm just I, saying I'll a, never forget I'm just Mavs saying fans a attacking filler. me. Mavs fans attacking me because I, I relayed what he said at media that he wants to space the floor and they just ripped that <laughs> quote from him to shreds. It, it was embarrassing watching that take, take shape. So I think if we even mention his name again, Mavs fans will have a conniption listening to this. What's the deal with Trevor Reza? I completely forgot about him. <laughs> he's not going to report to the team. He's in Andre Iguodala situation. Now he's progressed that into actually practicing and showing you he's playing basketball. Like it's as his next chess move. He's <laughs> not going to play for the thunder. He's not going to report for the thunder. In fact, I don't think he's going to report to anyone who's not a legitimate championship contender, which is why it becomes interesting on how you move him, uh, how you get him off in a trade, because why would a team trade from like Atlanta? I've gotten some some rumors about, or not rumors, but I've gotten some some fans asking me these fake trades. Well, what if he went to Atlanta? What if he went to these other teams? If he's not going to report here, he won't report anywhere else that cannot win him a championship. And that's his leverage play right now. And I don't think the Thunder want to buy him out. So the Thunder can pr- take on a protected, heavily protected second round pick and just ship him off to the next des- destination. He'll report, he'll play, and we'll see if he can contribute. Although for me personally, I'm sick and tired of doing the, the Trevor Reza dance every year at the deadline. Trevor Reese is this missing piece for every team and it oh, never really comes to fruition. Yeah. He was the missing piece for the Lakers back in 09. Like he's not, he's not the missing piece now. So, all right. Any other, any other trades or things you're looking at Mavericks wise that you would want to, to, you know, trade for like take back. You know, I, I think that it's hard because the, the Thunder expendable pieces are Mike Muscala. I mean, does that really move the needle for you right now? And his $2 million, like all, all the Thunder moving pieces are hard to, to match the salaries with uh, in, in a perspective of Dallas. Of course, you know that I love Tyrell Terry. So anyway, that Tyrell <laughs> Terry can be on the move. I, I would enjoy that as I ranked him in my top five of last year's uh, 2020 NBA draft and before the draft Ooh. process started. So I would love to get Tyrell Terry back, but... You know, I, I just there's, don't really see too many opportunities here. There's still time. <laughs> there's still, still time. time. Late bloomer. Late bloomer. I mean, he, he, he was. He was in the college, and maybe he will be in the NBA. So, all right, there you go. You can all go follow Ryland if you want to. He is a uh, he's a Thunder podcaster and uh, write, like beat writer that, uh, like, Moonlight is a, is, a, is a closet Mavs fan. So, if, you, if you're interested in that. Uh, you can go follow Rilo. Put a link in the description of the podcast. Guys, thanks so much for listening to this crossover of Lockdown Mavs and Lockdown Thunder. Peace out. Boom! Players do 
that frequently in these late game situations and nobody's going to pressure you let it roll before you pick it up but it still pays off for dallas brunson scores and is fouled hard